Please be seated. This morning I want to spend a little time in our epistle for this week, which comes to us from 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, and I'll be beginning at verse 6. Listen to what Paul writes. So we are always confident, even though we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we do have confidence, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. For all of us, must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each may receive recompense for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. As I read this, I I think about Paul and his life. Paul was awash in confidence because of the hope that he had in Jesus Christ, the hope he had in the resurrection of Christ, in which he knew as a believer in Christ, he had a share in the resurrection. And so indeed, all of us who believe in Jesus Christ as Lord have a share in the resurrection because we know that the work Jesus did on the cross, the work Jesus did in the grave, rising from the dead, conquering death, conquering sin, that work paid our debt and gave us, you and me, the, the free gift of grace, the free gift of redemption, guaranteeing for each of us that believe that we will have our own resurrection from death into eternal life with Christ. And so Paul knows what we should all know as Christians, that while we're here in this material human body, we are not fully present with God. And we have to be careful here so that we don't misunderstand what Paul is trying to tell us. When Paul says that we are away from the Lord while we're in this body, it doesn't mean that Christ has abandoned us in our humanness. It simply means that while we're here, living out our faith, living out our lives on earth, we're not able to be fully with Christ, fully with God as are the angels, as are those saints who have gone before. We we see through the glass dimly the Bible says. So we can't see him as he really is in all his glory and majesty because we worship a God that we just cannot see. So we worship in faith. We walk through this life in faith. We walk out our lives in this human form by faith, not by sight. See, Paul says it's our hope as Christ followers to be with Christ. In fact, he says we'd we'd rather be away from our body and be with him right now if that were possible. 
But then he reminds us that whether we're in the body or whether we're with Christ, our goal, our life's work, our deepest desire should be to please God. Why is that, Pastor? Why is it so important to please God? Well, Paul says one day we will all be away from this body that we're in, standing in front of Jesus. And he'll judge each of us for what we did and what we failed to do during this life. Now, while what we do well doesn't gain us saving grace, and what we fail to do doesn't damn us to hell because we have Christ as our intercessor, while that's true, thanks be to God, we should take note that what we do well will be rewarded in some way, and what we fail to do well will be judged in some way. I think there are going to be some uncomfortable conversations with our Lord Jesus on that day of judgment. As we stand in front of him, whether we're saved or whether we're, we don't have that saving relationship with Christ, the conversations will be uncomfortable. It's just my opinion, mind you, but I think that the promise of no more tears in heaven, that begins the day after the judgment. Because part of the judgment is a, an accounting of what you did or failed to do in this life. Now, granted, the saving relationship you have with Christ as a Christian, it's paid for all that stuff. But even though it's paid for, there's still an accounting. And so Paul tells us that because we know that this judgment is coming, because we know that there are consequences for those things that we fail to do well, and especially because we know that failing to believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord. That leads to some incredibly harsh and eternal consequences for people. Because we know this judgment is coming. We as Christians, as the church, need to be engaged as the church in a ministry of reconciliation actively out there beyond those glass doors out there in the community persuading people to come to know Christ our, our job our mission as the church is to know Christ and to make Christ known and so Paul continues in verse 11. He says, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade others. But we ourselves are well known to God. And I hope that we are also well known to our consciences. We are not commending ourselves to you again, Paul saying to the church in Corinth. But we're giving you an opportunity to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast in outward appearance and not in the heart. It's a little bit difficult passage to understand. 
Paul is telling the church in Corinth and also the church here in countryside, we're not bragging about ourselves. We're just trying to make you understand that our heart is not really about us. It's about Christ. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. In other words, if we're out of our mind crazy for anything, let's be crazy for God. If we are in our right mind, well, that's for you. For the love of Christ urges us on because we are convinced that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died and he died for all so that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. See, Paul's reminding us here that we that that everything we do should be for the honor and glory of God and for the benefit of others. Nothing we do should ever be for our own glory. Paul says, if, if you're about to be out of your mind crazy for anything, be crazy about God. If you're going to be a freak, be a freak for Jesus. Be passionate about Jesus. Be sold out for Christ. Because when we're sold out for Christ, when we lose it for Jesus, well, then we are in our right minds. That's a wonderful thought. Because the world is going to tell you, Christ follower, that you believe in myths and fairies. That you believe in magic. That you believe in something that is irrational. That's what the world will tell you. But Paul's telling us, if you're sold out for Christ, if you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're the people in your right mind. Because it's the mind of Christ. It's the mind of the one that created you. It's the mind of of the one who is your all in all. So he says you are in your right minds because our zeal for God benefits others by getting them excited about God too. And then Paul's final point in this passage is he's reminding us that it's truly not about us. It's all about God. We're compelled as the church to carry out this ministry of reconciliation with the world around us because the love of Christ is urging us on. The love of Christ propels us forward into the community that we serve to bring the message of mercy and grace and redemption so that those that don't have a relationship with Christ can realize what's missing and have an opportunity to proclaim Jesus Lord of their lives as well. And when we do that, something truly amazing happens. The kingdom of God appears on earth just as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God, when we spread the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, 
When we do for others instead of ourselves, suddenly the kingdom of God appears right here in our midst, just as it is in heaven. We start to think about our fellow human beings differently. We stop seeing people as failures and start seeing people as possibilities. It's easy to look at your fellow man, your fellow woman, people out there, those people. It's easy to look at them as something less than. It's easy to say, I'm all right, I've got Jesus. But you can proclaim that all day long. And as the Bible says, if you do it without love, if you do it without thinking of others before yourself, it's nothing. And so Paul writes, from now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. What a wonderful thought. And if only, if only, all of us who call ourselves Christian throughout the world would begin to see those who aren't like us, those who are different from us in some way, if we would only begin to see them as God sees them, as a child of the Most High God, Absolutely loved by God. Having sacred value and sacred worth. If we would only begin to see people that way. Then we would truly be transforming our world. Do you see it? Do you have that vision for this community? Because it starts here goes out those doors and trickles down the street into the houses and the highways and the byways. But it has to start somewhere. And it starts with the body of Christ, the church, in motion in the community. That is your mission field. And as we like to say, are you moving yet? Thanks be to God, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our last hymn this morning is uh, page 143, You Are My All in All. If you can stand for this, uh, this song.